this morning we're starting a brand new series, and I'm, I'm really excited about this series. Um, we're going to be studying the book of Joshua, uh, talking about being strong and courageous. Last week, um, I preached a sermon uh, called Overcoming Fear, and I was really, um, su- I guess, su- almost surprised by the response. Um, not, I mean, I felt like the Lord gave it to me, but just the response of, of so many people in our congregation that it just really made a difference in their life, and they just, just really um, got value from it, and a lot of requests for the notes and for uh, the downloads. And, and so I was processing that, and Tuesday morning, January 2nd, um, every Tuesday morning we have early morning prayer in here from 6 to 7, and so I was here, I was on, sitting on the front row praying, and, and I, was just, I was just praying, just, just minding my own business praying, right? You know, just, just, just talking to the Lord as, as well as I can at 6 a.m., you know, drinking my coffee, trying to wake up with Jesus, you know, and uh, just talking to him. And the Lord dropped these words into my heart, into my spirit, and they were, be strong and courageous. And so I started praying those words. I started reflecting on those words, started thinking about those words. And at first I thought maybe it was a personal word for me that the Lord was telling me, hey, Jay, in 2018, be strong and be courageous. And so I was receiving that word. I was thanking the Lord for that word. And then I really had a sense that it wasn't just for me, but it was for our, our entire congregation. That the Lord was saying to Grace Church that, that friends, that for 2018, let's be strong and let's be courageous. And uh, that this will be a, a prevailing word for us this year. This will be something that will really um, direct us. And, and, and I don't always um, have, you know, I, I, I seek the Lord every January, and sometimes He gives me like a word for the year, and sometimes He doesn't. So I just respond to what He gives me. But I really had a sense, and I have a sense, that this is a word from the Lord for us for the year 2018, to be strong and, and, be, and be courageous, and, and immediately brought me to Joshua. And in the prayer time, I began to read Joshua and just really sense that this is what the Lord had for us. And the story of Joshua is an amazing story because it, it, it's the description of the people of God possessing the promise of God and moving in to what the Lord has for them. And I know the Lord has great things for you, and, and, but they don't come easy, and they don't come without intentionality, and they don't come without resistance. And so as, even as we approach the very first Sunday in 2018, that we're going to begin this series on, on, on understanding what it means to be strong, to be courageous, and to possess the land, to take the land, to take the promises, to go after that of what the Lord has, has called for us in spite of any obstacles. Obstacles. So I introduced a principle last week that, that the Lord has given me that, that has just really made a huge difference in my life the last couple of weeks. And, and so I want to share it with you. This is what I'm calling a pattern of promise. That um, everywhere in Scripture that we're told not to be afraid or to not to fear, that we see almost without exception, I've discovered this pattern. And so I want to share it with you. I mean, if you ever discover something really awesome, right? You always want to share. If it's a new restaurant, hey, have you seen this? Have you been there? It's an awesome restaurant. Well, I've found something in Scripture that's literally blowing me away. And so I, I just want to share with it for those that weren't here last week uh, because of the holiday. So, so here's the pattern of promise. If you go ahead and put those up, there's three parts to it. That every place... That almost every place, without exception, that I've been looking at in Scripture where people are told not to fear. There's three aspects to this. There's the invitation, uh, the command, but I believe it's also an invitation to fear not, to not be afraid, to not fear. And then there's the acknowledgement of the person's name, even if it is 
you, even if it's that direct that the Lord's speaking directly to them, but there's this fear not, there's this person's name that's given, or it's directly to them from God, and then there's the promise. And so there's these three parts that that the Lord knows us. He knows what we're going through. He identifies with us. He's given us a promise. And because of that, because he knows us, because he's given us a promise that we don't have to fear, that we can overcome fear, that we can live lives being strong and being courageous and fulfilling the plan and the will of God for our lives. And there's, and this is the pattern to it. And here's, here's just a couple of verses that illustrate this. The first one is in, is with Abram. Genesis 15, 1 says, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. There's the first part. Do not be afraid, Abram. He goes, I am yours. So he was speaking to Abram. He knew Abram. Uh, He was speaking directly to him. I am your shield and your very great reward. That even the presence of God was his, was his reward. And so here we have this three parts of the promise. And then this next verse we're going to look at is actually the key verse for the text of this series that we're looking at in Joshua. Joshua 1.9. And the Lord, is Yahweh, is saying to, to, to Joshua, have I not commanded you? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That the presence of the Lord is his promise. And as he walks in that, he does not have to be afraid. He does not have to fear. And, and we, as we see the life of Joshua, we see one who overcomes many obstacles, who leads the people of God into the promises of God. And it's so important that he knows that the Lord is with him. And so this morning is going to be an introduction to that promise, an introduction to the promises of God, a, um, a framework, so to speak, for the book of Joshua. I'm going to lay the foundation for it today. Um, I am not one who likes putting puzzles together. Um, I, for me, life is complicated enough, and I feel like life's a puzzle anyway, and so I don't gain much uh, recreational entertainment value from trying to fit puzzle pieces together. However, however, my youngest, Luke, uh, he loves puzzles. I mean, he loves them. He loves putting puzzles together. And often we'll have a puzzle on our table or our coffee table that he's working together. So during Christmas break, um, one evening I was just, just hanging out at the house, and he was like, hey, Dad, you want to put a puzzle together with me? And I said, sure, I'd love to. And so I began putting this puzzle together. And although I don't like puzzles, I know the key to puzzles. The key to puzzles is what? It's putting the frame together, isn't it? you got to get the frame. you got to get the edges. You have to do the edges first. If you don't do the edges first, you can't make sense of anything. You have to create that framework. It's not always the most exciting pieces. It's not always the most thrilling aspects, but it is impossible, at least it would be for me, to put a puzzle together without first starting with the framework. And so this morning, we're going to lay the framework. We're going to, 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 to put the edges of the puzzle together. So for the next several months, this will probably be a two or three month series as we walk through the book of Joshua, uh, that we'll be able to make sense, that the, the pieces of it will truly fit together. So let's talk a little bit about the person, Joshua. Okay, the person Joshua, he first appears in Exodus 17, um, chapter 17. You don't have to go there, but, but that's the first place he's mentioned. And, and he's mentioned there, and he's, Moses appoints him to lead the battle against uh, um, Amalek. 
and it's a big battle, it's a big deal, and he does, he, 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 he wins this battle, he leads the people, he's successful in, the, in, this, in this first attempt. So th- that's, that's the first place that we see him. The second place we see him is in Exodus 33, and, and I'm going to turn there, and I'm going to read a couple of verses, and you're welcome to turn there with me um, as well, and these notes are on our app, if you've not downloaded our app, if you've not looked at our app, um, it's, it's there for you, Grace 417. And so here we see Exodus um, uh, 33. Um, let's see. I'll start at, I'll start at verse seven. So in verse seven, um, there was this tent of meeting. So we had, so the, the picture here is, is, um, Moses has led the children of, of Israel out of Egypt. They've crossed the, the river. They have, uh, the Red Sea. They have, um, they're in the wilderness. They're, uh, they're, they're moving towards this land of promise, Canaan land that God has promised them. But as they're walking, as they're in this land for 40 years, and we'll get into a little bit more of that, um, they had their, their camp, but they, outside the camp they had a tent called the Tent of Meeting. And there's a tent that Moses would go to. And so Moses would, would go to this tent the glory of God would come down upon him. That you could actually see, they could visibly see the glory cloud, the Shekinah presence of God come down on this tent, and and it would and he would interact with God, he would commune with God, and then he would give the word of the Lord, the instructions of the Lord. And so that was that was a big deal. I mean, Moses was he's like the one of the very largest figures. Of the Old Testament, I mean, he is—he is one of the the great, great leaders, one of the great men of God in the in the Old Testament, and so he was so revered by his people. But there's something very interesting in verse 11, Exodus 33:11. It says, "The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with a friend." That's not—that didn't, didn't happen with other, even other people in the Bible. And then it says here, "Then Moses would return to the camp." But his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. And so here we see one of the very first encounters of Joshua is one who lingers in the presence of God. Of one who is not quick to rush out from the presence of God. As Moses' aide, he would linger in the presence of God. And I, I think that that would be an easy thing to skip over. Uh, that would be one of the edges, the corner of the puzzle pieces that you wouldn't quickly recognize, but unless you have the framework that he was a person who pursued the presence of God, then the rest of the story doesn't fully make sense. And so here we have a man who pursued the presence of God. And then we see just even later in this, in this very chapter that we see one of, the, one of my very most favorite quotes of, of Moses, of that he's interacting with God, he's talking with God, God's giving him his promise. Verse 14, the Lord replied, my presence with, will go with you and I will give you rest. And then Moses responds to the Lord and he says, Lord, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish us from, or me from your people, from all the other people on the face of the earth? And, and the Lord says, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it, Moses. And so here we have Joshua and Moses, these men of God who are pursuing the presence of God, that they know that it's the presence of God on their life that makes a difference. It's what labels them. It's what marks them. It is what defines them is being people who walk in the presence of God. 
And for us to truly fulfill God's calling on our lives, for us to fully, uh, metaphorically speaking, possess the land that is before us, the promises of God, as we see with the book of Joshua, the promised land, that we have to be people who pursue the presence of God, that want to be with Him, that want to walk with Him, that that is what we desire more than anything else. And we see that in Joshua's life. Very, this is a very interesting story in, in Numbers 11. You can just write that down. All, uh, you, you can read it on your own later. This is the next time where we see um, Joshua. And what's going on in this story is that, as we know, Moses was one who heard from God. He spoke from God. Uh, everybody knew it. It was a big deal. But there's a story in Numbers 11 where some of the leaders in Israel started prophesying. And they started giving the word of the Lord. And Joshua gets upset. And he goes to Moses and he says, Moses, shut these guys up. You're the one that hears from the Lord. You're the, you speak as the prophet of God, not these guys. These guys are they're having some kind of charismatic Pentecostal experience I don't understand. That's really yours. And you need to be giving us the word of the Lord, not these guys. They don't have any business prophesying. And I love Moses' response. And it's, I believe it's formative for Joshua. And he goes, Joshua, you don't, you don't get it. I would that every single person prophesied. It wasn't that Moses wanted to be the only one that heard from God. Moses didn't want to be the only one that was a mouth, that was a spokesman of God, but the people of God were happy with Moses hearing from God. The people of God were happy with, with Moses paying the price to walk with the Lord. We're happy with just getting secondhand revelation of what the Lord wanted for them. Secondhand direction of what the... They were lazy. They were happy with getting God's will, God's direction, God's word, God's voice from somebody else. And here, Moses is saying, hey, here's some people that will get it straight from God themselves and they'll prophesy. They, they're, they're interacting with God. He goes, I wish that every single person would do that. I wish it was a prophetic community that, that, that everyone would do that. And Joshua begins to have an understanding of the importance of every single person pursuing what God has for them. That the one man, given the word of God like Moses did, would have worked in the wilderness, but it wasn't going to work in the promised land that God was taking them into. That they would have to be people who had their own relationship with God. That they would be ones that would have to hear the word of the Lord for themselves. That they would be ones that would have fresh revelation of who God is if they were truly going to enter into all that God has for them. And friends, I would say it's the same for you and I today. May not we May we not be people who are happy with a secondhand revelation, that are happy with hearing the voice of the Lord from somebody else for us, but that each of us would be those that would hear the voice of the Lord ourselves and would prophesy, would give his word of what is it he would have for others. Anybody, anybody want that in their life? I know I do. Amen. And so, and so here we, we see that. And so the next place we see Joshua is we see Joshua in and, uh, and they, they send 12 spies into the land to, to check out the check out Canaan to see if they should move forward or not. And, and 10 spies said, no, they're, that we're, they're giants and we're like grasshoppers and we can't do it. And, and Joshua and Caleb, it says, we're of a different spirit. They believed. They said, we can do this. We got it. Let's go for it, Moses. But they, they lost the vote. And they didn't go in. And everybody else, the, the judgment was that nobody else, because of their unbelief, was able to enter the promised land. But these two, Joshua and Caleb, were. And so Joshua 
eventually then becomes the, the leader. And he's Moses' aide. And, and we see in Numbers 27, um, I'll, I'll read it for you, uh, where he becomes the, the, uh, the heir apparent, where he becomes the next person that's going to be the leader of the people of God. It says, Then Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation who may go out before them and go in before them. So he's saying, we want a spiritual leader who will go out before the people, who will come in before the people, who will lead them out of where they are and will lead them into all that God has for them. And that that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep who have no shepherd. See, Moses understood what it was to to be a shepherd leader because he had been a, a shepherd of sheep, and so he pastored people in the same way. And he, that was the heart of God, and he wanted that to continue, and he wanted that in the next leader, and, and that's who he saw in, in Joshua. And the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua the son of Nun with you, a man in whom is the Spirit. His differentiating mark was the Spirit of God. It wasn't his ancestry, although he doesn't come from a famous line of people. Uh, it wasn't his qualifications. It wasn't his good looks. It was that the Spirit of God was on him. And he says, and lay your hand on him, and set him for, before Eleazar, that was the son of Aaron, he was the priest, and before all the congregation, inaugurate him in their sight. And so that's what happens. That Joshua becomes a faithful servant, an aide to Moses. And that he served Moses. And because he served Moses, he was able to learn, he was able to, to walk in humility, he was, he was in school to learn how to be this leader. And because of that, he was able to, to do what God had called him to do. Let me just give you a few more thoughts on this, just a few more pieces of the puzzle. As we talk about the people of God possessing the land of God, of moving into all that God has for them, and the application of that is for us as well, that we would move into all that God has for us, the promises that God has for us, the place that God has for us, the provision that God has for us, all those things are metaphorically tied up in this, in this great analogy, in this great story, in, this great, um, script, in these great scriptures. But if we forget Genesis 12, we miss the whole thing. Because Genesis 12 is where the Lord declares to Abraham that he's going to make him a great nation, and he's going to bless him. But the reason that he's blessing him is so that he can be a blessing to all peoples. And so the reason that God is taking the the children of Israel, the Israelites, the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, the reason Joshua is taking them into the land of promise, the land flowing with milk and honey, this place of provision, this place that God has them, is more than just about themselves. The purpose is, is so that they can be a blessing to every nation. That God is going to bless them so that they themselves can be a blessing. And so as we talk about possessing the promises that God has for us, possessing the place that God has for us, moving into the full will of God for our lives, um, partnering with him, all the things that this promise contains, if we ever, ever think that it's about us and about what, what is all about just for us, then we have totally missed the point. Because the point is God blesses us so that we can be a blessing. That we're moving into the promises God has for us so we can help others move into the promise that God has for them. And so that is a big piece of this framework, is that it's not about us. It's about what God wants to do through us. 
So three points of application, and I'm going to show you guys a video. Three points of application here on Joshua. The first one is that Joshua is an Old Testament type of Christ. Okay, and so be watching this as we walk through this story. That even the name Joshua is, is the same name as Jesus. That Joshua is the English, is the English version of the Hebrew name. Jesus is the English transliteration of the Greek name. It's the same name, just different languages. Same name, Joshua. So we even see that in his name. Um, some have said that Moses represents the law. Joshua represents grace. Uh, we see that, that Joshua is the one that, that brings the people of God into the full promises of, of what he has provided for them. And, and we see that with Jesus. We see that this land is a gift to them. And we know that salvation of what Jesus has given us is a gift. And so just be watching the picture of Joshua being a type, being a, a forecast, being a picture of the ministry of Jesus. The second thing is that in fact, even the name Joshua means Yahweh saves. It means salvation. That, that's what his name means. The second thing is that Joshua is an example of a leader to emulate. That God has called each one of you to lead. And you're maybe even thinking now, really? I'm not a leader. I'm not a leader. But he really has. There's a sphere of influence that God has called you to lead, whether it's family, whether it's in business, whether it's in school, whether it's in your neighborhood, whether it's in the church, whatever it is, there's a sphere that you provide leadership to. And as we watch Joseph, it's just classic lesson after lesson after lesson of good spiritual leadership. And we can learn this. We can learn leadership principles from Joshua and apply them to our lives. And then the last thing is that we can really reflect on Joshua, that he can teach us ourselves how to possess our God-ordained future, that each one of us have a land to possess. We have a place of promise. And just as Joshua entered into that and did that for others, that we also are, are able to do that. A couple more thoughts on the book. One is that it's a, it really happened. This isn't just fairy tale. This isn't just story. This happened in a real place, in real time. It actually occurred. And our Bibles categorize it as history, that it's a historical book. As we read about the narrative, about what God did in the life of people through this person, Joshua. But did you know that the Hebrew, what we would call the Hebrew Bible, actually had the book of Joshua in the prophets? It was in the prophets. It wasn't in the historical books. And the reason is, is because they saw the voice of the Lord declaring through the narrative of the story of Joshua, speaking to the people about God's relationship with his people. And so it wasn't an historical, just an old history lesson. It was a, this is a prophetic word of the Lord about what he intends for his people. And so with that, I'm going to show you guys an, an eight-minute video. Uh, we'll have popcorn coming in in just a minute. No, not really. I, it, it's, a, it's, it's eight minutes, but I'm telling you, it goes fast. It's a great video. I showed a similar video when we did the book of Daniel, and that really helped us get this framework for it. And so we're going to watch an eight-minute introduction video on the book of Joshua to really help us grasp this. And so if you'll bring, just go ahead and bring all the lights down and Get it real dark, and we'll watch this video and introduce the book of Joshua. That's helpful, isn't it? That really creates a framework for us to work around as we go through the book of Joshua. I'm going to do something just really quick. I'm going to, I'm going to highlight a couple of things in Joshua chapter 1. So if you'll, um, this is just, just for a few moments. Um, will you just open up or 
look on the screen for at, at Joshua chapter one. Let me. My Bible's stuck right there. Let me. There we go. Here we go. Joshua chapter one. So after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, this is a phrase we're going to be talking about: servant of the Lord. Joshua has a unique role because he's not a king, he's not a prophet, um, he's not a judge, but like Moses, he's called the servant of Yahweh, which has huge theological implications of one who doesn't have their own agenda, who doesn't have their own um, kingdom. They're simply responding as a servant of the Lord on mission for the Lord, just like Jesus, just like Moses just like you and I are called to be. That's so the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, my, my servant is dead. Now then you and these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give them to the Israelites. And so we see this transition, this funeral of Moses into this transitioning to Joshua, this leadership. Verse 3, I will give you every place where, you're, where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates, the Hittite, the, to the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. The, the framework for this important part of this is they are called to possess what God has given them. When we talk about the future, we talk about destiny, we talk about possessing promises of God. It's not something that we can just make up and we can just determine what that is. It's actually initiated from God individually for us, and I believe for our church corporately. Then we respond. The Lord says, I have this for you, and then we respond in faith to walk into that. It's not us saying, you know what, Lord, let's do this, this, and this. But it's responding to what he has initiated. The next verse Verse 5, he says, And as I was with Moses, I will be with you. This is the promise. This is what we're going to hold on to. That I will never leave you nor forsake you. And here he goes. He says, Be strong and courageous. And let me just say, this is not just a self-help speech. This is not just self-motivation. This isn't just positive thinking or positive talk. This is a promise of God. This is, he's saying, strengthen yourself. And you do this by meditating on my word and remembering that I am with you. Uh, you have this promise. And the Lord is reminding us of this promise that he is with us. And I will lead you into the land I swore to your ancestors. Be strong. Be very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go, that the Lord had given them this land, but they still had to possess it. They still had to grasp it. Just like on Christmas, right? There can be a present under the tree with your name on it. You can have even seen the Amazon order online and you know what you're getting. Anybody else? Nobody else has done that. Okay. But you still got to open the present, don't you, for it to fully be yours. In verse eight, he says, keep this book of the law always on your lips meditate on it day and night so you may be careful to do everything written in it then you will be prosperous and successful he's saying meditate on it the actual word there is murmur that it's actually the moving of lips it's actually it's not like we would have like our quiet devotional time where we read silently the word of the lord that's not how this was done this is a reading out loud of the word of the lord and do this do this over the next in our 21 days of prayer and fasting read the word of the lord out loud i'm telling you it makes a difference 
And this also is given in context of relationship. This isn't going and just reminding yourself or reading the Word of the Lord all by yourself in quiet. This is being done in relationship. This is declaring the Word of the Lord out loud together. It's like what we do in our fusion groups. It's it's like that, that we remind each other. We talk about the words of the Lord and the promises of God. In fact, just a week from Wednesday, we're starting our fusion groups back up. And I want to encourage every single one of us to get in one. If you're not in one or you've been in one and you want to change, uh, we actually have catalogs that are available for you this morning when you leave that list them all out. They're on the app. You can register on the app. You can register on our website. You can sign up on the the back that we we have a financial piece a small group on Sunday night that's going to be talking about God's plans and purposes for our finances. If you need help in your finances, it's January, you're like, oh no, we need some help. That's the class for you. We're going to have a marriage fusion group. We're going to have a ladies fusion group, a prayer fusion group, um, a Bible study fusion group. So get in a fusion group because, because what we want to do is we want to be faithful to the word of the Lord. We want to be faithful to, to process his word, to remind ourselves of his word in community, in relationship with others. And so as we continue Joshua chapter 1, he says here, verse 9, the key verse, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And that's, that's the promise. And we'll hit two other things real quick. What he does in verse 10 is he goes through and he tells his leaders, hey, get ready, we're about to go in. We're about to cross the Jordan. We're about to take possession of the land. And so we see this delegation of authority that, that, that Joshua didn't interact with everybody. He didn't lead everybody, but he had leaders that he led, and then they led the people. And then I think this could be skipped over so easy, and so I don't want to do it. Let me read verse 12 and 13 to you, and 14 and 15. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh, Okay, this, I'm telling you, don't get bored with this, okay? Joshua said, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, the Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives and your children and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of Jordan, but all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You're to help them until the Lord gives them rest as he has done for you. And until they too have taken possession of the land your God is giving to them. After that, you may go back and occupy your land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan towards the sunrise. So they, this, these tribes had worked out a deal with Moses that before they went into the Jordan, that this land on the east side, really modern-day Jordan now, was going to be their land. And they had this agreement. But as they go to possess the rest of the land, Joshua says, we're going to honor that agreement, but, but men, you're going to have to go and help everybody else possess their land. And so here's the principle. That some of you have walked with the Lord a long time. That some of you really may be in the promised land that God has called you to. That you're developed in your faith. You're mature in your faith. You're in the sweet spot of life. That, that you say, yeah, I'm, I'm operating in that which God has for me. I'm in that. And we have to be careful that we don't become comfortable in that. Because it would have been easy for these tribes to sit and to farm and to reap the benefits. But he's saying, no. It's not, you don't really possess what God has called you to until you help everybody else acquire and possess and move into what God has for them. That your inheritance depends upon everybody else getting their inheritance. That we're all in this together. That this is community. That, 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 that we can't, it can't just be about us. Oh, my life is going okay. 
Sorry for you guys. I hope you guys get it figured out. But, but this is going pretty good. No, that's not it. It is that, okay, I, I have my land. I, I, I have this. Then that means because I've already walked this road, because I already have the land that God's given me, now I'm out in front. I'm taking the heat of the battle so that I can make a way for those that have not yet experienced the promise of God in their life. So friends, those of us that have been walking with Jesus for a long time, let us not grow weak. Let us not grow comfortable. Let us not grow, hey, we got this made. Because unless we help others fulfill God's call in their life, we will never fully rest. We will never fully occupy what God has given us. And finally, verse 16, he says, and then they answered Joshua, whatever you've commanded, I love their attitude. Whatever you say, pastor, we're going to do it. Whatever you commanded, we will do. Whatever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you. We'll follow you, but Jesus, God, Yahweh, be with him. Help him. Just like Moses. And let us be strong and courageous. They say to Joshua, Joshua, be strong, be courageous. God tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. The people tell Joshua, hey, be strong and courageous for we're with you. And that, my friends, is the framework. That's the picture of Joshua, the, the outside of it, as we really walk and begin to do this. And so I really believe the Lord has great things in store for you. I believe the Lord wants you to move into your destiny, into all that God has for you. And I believe that one of the ways we can prepare for that is with our 21 days of prayer and fasting, which we're starting today. And maybe, you're, maybe you haven't been here in a few weeks, there's been holidays, you're like, Really, we're starting that today? Hey, we are. You're here at a perfect time. And, uh, and, and what I would just say is that may mean different things for different people. But what I would say is I want to encourage you to press in more into God. If you haven't been praying regularly, start praying regularly. If you haven't been reading your Bible, start reading more regularly. If you've only read a little bit, read more. But just push. Just go further. Go deeper into what God has for you. We have prayer guides for you that our um, ushers and greeters have. Uh, right here, it's called Pray First. And there, there's a, this is a great tool to help you, to really help you daily incorporate prayer and incorporate uh, fasting. I don't know if you know this or not. It depends on how long you've been, been walking with us as a church family. But it was a year ago, not much after this, that, that my wife Heather was diagnosed with, with cancer. And it was in 21 days of prayer. I was sitting right over there. That the Lord dropped the verse into my heart that was the story of Lazarus that said, this sickness will not lead to death, but God will get glory out of it. That was before her diagnosis. And it was that verse and that moment with the Lord that was part of the fuel that let me process, that helped me walk through this year. And so for me, 21 days of prayer is spiritually filling my tank so that I'm ready for 2018, so that no matter what 2018 holds, Jesus has a hold of me, and I'm walking with him, and I'm in tune with him, and the clutter in my life, the stuff in my life is just kind of cleaned out, and I'm able to hear him, I'm able to walk with him, and so I just want to encourage you, press into Jesus these next 21 days. Um, we're going to have prayer right here from 6 to 7 a.m. every mo- morning, Monday through Friday, Saturdays 9 to 10. And we're going to have about 10 minutes of worship. We're going to simulcast with another church 
and they're going to do the worship, and then we're going to have a, a, a 10-minute devotional on prayer from leaders in our church each morning, and then we're going to have time of individual prayer, about 30 minutes, and then we're going to have um, corporate prayer for 15 minutes. So we'll do that every morning. Um, if you're unable to be here, I encourage you to find a time to pray where you are. And we also are going to have prayer requests that you can submit. So in your bulletin, there are prayer requests. We have seen God answer prayer after prayer in 21 days of prayer. So if you have a prayer need, submit it. Turn it in. Um, we've seen people healed of cancer. We've seen families restored. We've seen people delivered of drugs and alcohol. We've seen um, families restored. We've seen jobs given to people. We've seen promotions. We've just seen time after time as we, because what we'll do is we'll, everyone that's here, we'll take these cards, these prayer cards, and we will pray over them, believing God to answer this. So not only pursue God on your own in, in these 21 days, but let us join you in prayer for whatever it is that, that's going on in your life. And let me say this. Let me end with this, friends. Be strong and be courageous. Let me pray for you.